The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew chapter 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When, Jesus, when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had bore a son, and he named him Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let us pray. Almighty God, we thank you for how you work with your people. And we remember Joseph today as an earthly father for Jesus. Pray that all fathers and those doing fatherly roles are good examples. In Jesus' name, amen. There's an old legend about Loretta Chapel a small Gothic chapel on the old Santa Fe Trail, built in 1873. When the chapel was built, the architect who built the choir loft made a mistake. He forgot to put in a stairway. The nuns didn't know what to do. All of their choices were negative. They could build a conventional staircase, but that would take up too much room. They could rebuild the balcony, but that would be too expensive. They could climb a ladder up and down to get to the balcony to sing, but that would be an accident waiting to happen. So the nuns did what you and I do when faced with a difficult situation. They prayed. The nuns at Loretto Chapel are sort of like Joseph. He looked at the situation he was in and everything seemed negative. You've heard the phrase caught on the horns of a dilemma. Whichever horn you take, it's still a sore seat. He didn't know, should he divorce her publicly? Should he divorce her quietly? Either way, he had to divorce her. No way out, no good resolution, only pain. For you see, he didn't believe Mary's unbelievable story 
that it might be God's truth. It never occurred to him that he might embrace God's truth and everything would be transformed. So on this night, like on Christmas Eve, the angel came near and whispered a message in Joseph's ear. And the angel changed the nightmare that he was having into a dream. And the dream was probably a manger scene with a child being born. And the situation would be changed. The boy would grow and become strong. So the angel told Joseph in the dream, the key that unlocks your dilemma, believe her unbelievable story. Marry her. Become the earthly father of God's child. He will need a father to be accepted by others as he grows to manhood. He will need not just any father, but a father like Joseph, nurturing and giving him his name, Emmanuel, God with us. The end of the legend of Loretto Chapel, it seems one night the sisters were still praying about what to do with the choir loft and a white-bearded stranger appeared at the door of the covenant asking for work. A toolbox was strapped to his burrow, and he told the sisters he was a carpenter. They told him their problem, and he said, I will build a staircase. He built a spiral staircase that was an engineering feat, 33 steps, two complete turns of 360 degrees, no center to support. The carpenter used wooden pegs, no nails. His tools were a saw, a T-square, and a hammer. And as soon as the staircase was finished, the craftsman disappeared, and many believe the carpenter was Joseph. Or maybe it's just a legend. And maybe that legend is still about today, that Joseph is still building hopeful outcomes to dilemmas that we have. Joseph doesn't speak in the text, so don't expect a lot of conversation for him. Expect a demonstration of hope. So what happened between his decision to divorce Mary and the next morning? What happened was the birth of a father for the Son of God. Joseph, in his sleep, allowed his heart to be changed. And maybe the conversation with the angel in the dream went something like this. He will need a father like you to teach him to take risk, 
like the one you are about to take, for he will be tempted not to take them. He will need a father like you to teach him to withstand the disapproval of others, as you will soon face disapproval. He will need a father like you to teach him what to do in situations like this, when all hope seems lost and only pain seems to be the answer. He will be a, need a model how to believe the unbelievable good news and walk in faith. And if you do not walk the hard road to Bethlehem, who will teach him how to climb to Calvary's hill? Jesus has a father. And Joseph awoke and said, Thy will be done. So Jesus grows. And we can ask the question, where do you think Jesus got the idea that a father always gives good gifts to his children? Where do you think Jesus got the image of a father running home to welcome his prodigal son? Where do you think he gets the tenderness of a voice that when he prays to God, he uses the word Abba, Daddy, God? if it's not from his own experience with Joseph. Jesus drew from his experience with Joseph as a father. Joseph, who gave up his own pride. Joseph, who gave up his own righteousness, his own understanding of right and wrong, who set aside his fear and faced the fear in the pit of his stomach. who decided to be just the dad for Jesus. To give up Mary, his wife, to the rule of the Holy Spirit. To shape Jesus' life and vision by his own experience of being a dad. So this is Advent. This is Joseph's Sunday. But the question still remains. Can we believe in that infant that we celebrate its birth in a few days as Savior? We look back on history and we can make the story more pretty. But it doesn't change the fact that we must confess and believe that God is with us, that God is with me right now. And it's real. God is with us. The Savior was born. And yet many of us feel like we're in bondage to Christmas at Christmas time, bondage to attend parties, bondage to buy gifts, bondage to spend too much money, bondage to make sure we are happy. But yet the gift is given. 
And the gift is called the Prince of Peace. And that Prince of Peace comes into our chaos and gives us life. And the Lord of Life comes into our lives if we are depressed and gives us life. God is with us. The message to Joseph. Can you accept the messiness of this birth of the Son of God? Can you accept that it's the work of the Holy Spirit? Can you accept the message that Mary heard? And can you accept the child that she bears? He chose yes. And we have our own choice to make. Will we receive the child as that child grows into an adult? And can we hear the words of encouragement and hope that God is with us? And can we be a message of hope that God is with us for others? Pastor John Ortberg makes the case. He says, the central promise in the Bible is not, I will forgive you, although that promise is true. The central promise of the Bible is not the promise of life after death, although that promise is true. The central promise in the Bible is the promise I will be with you. God is calling us. God is with us in our world, calling us to take God with us to those who are hurting and suffering. Our calling is to reach out to the world so the love of God can change their life. Amen.